folks, welcome back for another episode of Tog Life Live. How's everyone? Really cool that this is starting to work out. I'm sure we'll still have a couple of little technical hitches, but things are going along really well. Shout out to Chris, who's producing these each week. He's in the chat room as Siege Cinema, so you can chat along with him and say hi and throw in some questions for Ask Matt later in the day. I'll ask Chris if there was any that popped up. It's uh, been a whole 10 days that I've been back in the country without a break so far, and it's actually been great. We've been really productive. We've got some really, really cool content coming later this month. I think I can confidently say, not to put you on the spot, Chris, but I think the video we have coming uh, later this month is the best content we've ever made for the channel in terms of everything. The, the concept, the shooting, and the editing, I think you guys are going to absolutely love it. It's actually the start of a new series that we've got a couple of episodes filmed, and next week we're actually heading to San Francisco to film an additional episode with this guy, the Sony A9. Actually, a pair of Sony A9s, so that's going to be really fun. Um, but that does, however, mean we won't have a TOG Life next week because we're going to be in San Francisco shooting, filming, doing a bunch of stuff. So the following week, we'll, have, we'll be back in studio, and I've chosen the theme for that week to be Reflections. So if you jump on over to macranger.com forward slash toglife, you can see it there. And make sure down with the subscribe button there that you ring the bell so then you can get sent updates when we've got new stuff coming along and when we go live, all of that kind of thing. It maximizes your chance of being able to interact with us. Now, time for the big NSFW banner. The theme for this week's show is nudes. Now it's, you know, if you've been following the channel for a long time, you'd know that nude portraiture is actually my first passion. I've released a couple of books on it, uh, private bodies and then public bodies. Uh, I put it less and less on YouTube, even though I still shoot it just because, you know, it's not everyone's taste and it can get you kicked off social media and YouTube. So I try to minimize it. So that's why this video title has NSFW in the title and you've just seen it on screen there. So do note that later in this episode there are shots of full nudity, it's all artistic, there's no pornography, there's nothing that I consider to be offensive, but if you're sensitive to nudity and that kind of thing, no hard feelings, but this may not be the episode for you to join in. Hope we'll see you in two weeks time. Now. You've had your disclaimer, so it's open season now. Um, on that point, our sponsor for the week is me. Roller credits, Chris. Um, my intimate portraiture course is up half price. This month only, it's going down at the end of June and the deal won't be repeated. So if you've been thinking about picking up a copy, now's the time to do it. I take you along on seven real life nude photo shoots with different body types, different lighting challenges, all different equipment that across them give you a great cross section of the kind of skills you'll need to create beautiful nude portraits. So you can check that one out and our winner this month, this week, sorry, is also going to get a copy of that. We had a bunch of entries, some really good ones, some that, you know, just get it out of the way up front. I like to have a really positive channel and I don't like to dwell on negativity. I never take cheap shots at people just to be sensational. And, you know, I am not including shots here that I felt were gratuitous or they just felt awkward or, you know, I don't know, they, they just had the wrong kind of vibe to them. So I, rather than including them, then critiquing them for being that way, I've just excluded them. But one of the things that I really like about nude portraiture is it's incre incre incredibly challenging. 
if you think about normal portraiture and building rapport with your subject and you know breaking down any nerves to get the kind of shots and building trust to get the poses that you need that kind of thing it's all put up 10 times when someone's nude especially if they're a less experienced model or a first timer and also it's one of those things that you can either make beautiful art with it or it can just really not work and rather than like now you might be lighting a face and then a shirt when you're lighting the whole curves of a body there's a much bigger challenge to it so for me it's a great challenge and that and travel are the two things that i both enjoy most and think that uh, i'm best at so it's great to have this uh, theme but it's not something i can put on youtube all the time because it is a little niche in that way so before all of that um before we jump into it uh, we were actually up shooting with a ballerina earlier this week up in, where was it, West Bronx? West Bronx? East Bronx? Way uptown, you know, past Harlem. We rented out a studio space up there on a great website I just discovered called Peerspace. Actually, I'd seen their ads on Facebook and stuff all the time, but I just skip all that stuff. But a friend suggested them, and it's actually really great for getting spaces that are dedicated for you to be able to do videos or photo shoots in them rather than you know renting an Airbnb or a hotel. You can often just rent these by a few hours and get homes or studios or sets, which uh, worked out really well. Here's a shot that um, I took on the day. We ran through a bunch of different ones. It's a bit silly, I know, having um, the crosses on the nipples, considering I'm going to be showing full nudity later in the episode. But uh, I'm not sure that I had cleared showing uncovered breasts with this model on social media, even though she's a professional model. So anyway, there's a shot that we took on the day that was nice and fun. So let's uh, start off by jumping into the news for the week. Now, just in the last 15 minutes before this, uh, we went live, I got an email from Adorama that Nikon have announced their anniversary pricing Sorry, the pricing for their 100th anniversary products. Now, you might have seen in my Dear Nikon letter that I said, you know, this is a bit poor, the, the range of stuff you're offering. I still pretty much stand by it. I think it's a, in the past, I kind of, well, maybe it's just that nostalgic looking back on things. But, you know, back through the generations, all the different camera companies used to bring out special edition stuff. And I remember seeing some. Uh, Nikon, what was it? It was an, I think it was an S2 rangefinder that was brought out in 88 for a Chinese celebration that was gold and had dragons engraved in it. And there's all these special editions in the past, but Nikon's pretty much bringing out the same thing, but with gunmetal gray finishing. And that's kind of about it. And the part that really bothers me is that they're a lot more expensive. So the Nikon D5 in gunmetal gray, it does have a new logo, it comes in a case, it's got a special plate and blah, 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 is $8,000 as opposed to six and a half for the standard edition one. And I don't, they haven't announced that I've seen anywhere that these are limited edition or that kind of thing. If they were and could potentially appreciate maybe, but digital technology rarely appreciates, unless it's really limited supply, I doubt this is going to be something that putting it on the shelf for 10 years is going to increase in value, so then the premium is a bit of an ask for me, especially you're kind of doing them a favor if you're gonna buy it to use, you're, you're promoting them, right? Having the special edition one. On top of that, they have the triple zoom collection, and it's also $8,000, but the two that just kill me, there's a miniature Nikon F camera. It's a die-cast uh, two-scale model. 
$140. It, it's better than the glass one that I saw they were gonna bring out before. So if you wanted a little, a little paperweight for your desk, maybe. But then a uh, collection of pins, you know, buttons, pins for your shirt or whatever, $270 for a framed collection of pins. If you're a diehard Nikon fan, then you're in heaven right now. For me, as a diehard Nikon fan, no thanks. All right, jumping off Nikon for a second. Um, a story here from Peter Piclis, one of those disposable whatever stories, but um, the Sony A9, which uh, you know famously had a couple of issues. It was overheating in the same way the A7R was, and I should mention, the a7r they did a firmware update and it was resolved but on monday when we were shooting with that ballerina it was so hot it was like a 95 degree fahrenheit day we couldn't the windows didn't open and we couldn't have the ac on because we were filming as well um it was getting warnings about its heat as well even after the update so the a9 this guy found a little way to secure it and it was basically just putting a giant sun visor on it ridiculous but not as ridiculous as last week that guy with the the trolley to carry around his 800 mil lens now they do say that there's a um the new software the new firmware for this is meant to cure the overheating and cure the star eating that this one was having i've seen reports haven't tested it myself that the star eating is still happening. The smoothing that they automatically apply beyond three second exposures means that if you're trying to take a shot of the open sky, not all of the stars are showing up because some of them have been, you know, eaten for lack of a better word. I don't know that we're gonna get a lot of open skies in San Francisco to test that feature out, but we'll be putting all of the features we can through their paces. Do you need some water or something? Oh no, I'm good. I think Chris may be choking in the corner. So if the chat goes silent and the angles stop changing, he's blue and you know, I'm still live. Matt Workman's in the chat. Hi Matt Workman, how you doing? What's he doing here? I thought you were, aren't you busy cinema be database? This is because you were in his chat, so now he's returning a favor, okay. How you doing Matt, hope you're well. Um, if you guys haven't seen it, Cinematography Database, Matt Workman, Chris actually put me onto his channel, has great videography technique and breakdown videos so you can check them out. Um, Red Bull Illume photo competition. Now you mightn't think of Red Bull as being a place to get, this is the cat picture, Chris, of a place to find outstanding photography, but the, they, they've announced their finalists and there's some really, really great entries amongst them. All kinds of different action sports. The one on screen is uh, like a, uh, I think it was a skater in midair reflected in his pet cat's eye. But reading the story of how he actually took it, it's pretty epic. So do check out the link in the caption. All the news stories, all the links to everything we're talking about is in the description below. And you can see all of the finalists there. Next up, and this one I really appreciate. Instagram is uh, wants influencers to clearly label sponsored posts. Now, I guess it's no surprise that people like those Kardashian idiots, uh, just about everything they share is sponsored. And, you know, I have other friends, you know, like Tina, who does uh, sponsored posts, and she's very open about it. It always says sponsored or ad or something clear right up front to make it clear that it is sponsored content. And occasionally I have done that too. It's, um, you know, it's something, well, one, it's the law in America that it needs to be, what's it called, the fair trading, whatever, requires that you do that. 
but I once seen a previous video mention that I wish people would do it on videos as well. The main one that really gets under my skin is when someone says, here's my review of the Sony A9, but it's sponsored or paid for or have editorial control going back to the company. This isn't about Sony, by the way, it's just what was at hand. It can't be a review if you're giving editorial control to the people, if you're being paid or if you're being restricted in what you can say about it. You just, it can't ethically be that. And I've said this in the past and had another very big YouTube channel actually reach out to me the same day saying, were you talking about me? I think that maybe they had a bit of a guilty conscience, but I would love to see this. I think it's only fair. You know, I think most people realize that once you have an audience, that audience has a value to sponsors and it's up to the integrity of the person to make sure they are only sharing things that their audience are potentially interested in or that they don't overdo it, or at least that they're honest about it. So I think that's a great thing. Next one, Manfrotto, you probably know a while back bought out Carter or their site, what is it? iTech, MyTech, Vitech, Vitech, who owns Manfrotto probably brought Carter more to the point. And that meant that my favorite backpack in the world, the Carter Mini B, was discontinued. They remade some of the others a little bit different, but now they have brought out a ProLite Bumblebee line that I think does include a Mini B, and I'm actually going to be getting them in to test out. I hope they're as good as the Carter ones were. I still use it after, I don't know, six or seven years, and it's the best backpack I've ever owned. So hopefully the Manfrotto ones are up to the task as well. And as I will disclose in that video, Manfrotto are sending me those free of charge, but with no uh, limitations on what I'm allowed to say. Um, final one, and this one uh, is kind of interesting, and there's one right across the road from me, but Best Buy are going to be introducing a rent before you buy system. Um, I'm still not you know, too sure about how it's all gonna work or how feasible it's all going to be. I really like renting equipment. I think it's a great way to test things out. Um, a lot of the series that I'm doing that I mentioned before that we're going using this for is using rented gear. So you know, if you're gonna be dropping a lot of money on buying something, spending a fraction of that to test it out for a long weekend to see if it meets your needs, I think is a great idea. Whether you wanna be associated with Best Buy or not, and if this deal is gonna work out, because I think you only get a small credit of what you paid for the rental back in terms of them being able to buy it. It's like 20% of the rental gets credited to it. Um, I don't know, but still, I think it's an interesting thing and I do recommend renting before buying. Okay, how are we doing in the chat there? Sorry. What's Worky doing? Ooh, what's he announcing? Worky, Workman. Ah, stop plugging your stuff in my <laughs> my chat room, workman. I asked, I asked. Well then stop undermining me, work boy. Okay. Ask Matt time. So if you have any questions, throw some into the chat and we may be able to get to them as well, but we already have a whole bunch queued up. First one here from Bogdan Buccina. I have a problem, my picture's being different when I view them on any other device, it's much more saturation than I put on in Photoshop. Check my color calibration on my PC and that's fine, please help. Sad fact is, I mean, it's great that you're calibrating your PC, but for them to then look right on your laptop, your phone, your friend's laptop, blah, 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 they all need to be calibrated too. That's just how it goes. TJM Perspective, 
What in your mind makes a person qualified to say, I am a professional photographer? I don't think that's a transformative sentence to be able to say, I am a professional photographer. But I have talked about what I think the label pro means most recently in a video that I did about what camera do you need for pro work. And in that pointed out what is pro is so vast and varied, there's no one standard. I would say the test would be, are you making money from it? Are you delivering a service that's you know keeping your customers happy and satisfying the contract and getting new customers? That's a professional atmosphere. Nick Nod, as a photographer wanting to work in the fashion industry as well as on their own independent projects, projects, how important is it to separate editorial and traditional work from nude and intimate photos? Nothing I've done is explicit, but I've gotten pushed back on showing nudity. Any thoughts? Uh, it's an interesting one. I've had things myself where companies were less interested to work with me because of my nude portfolio. But then you you know you just can't generalize to say that fashion houses aren't going to be cool with it because then you've got people like oh, I can't think of his name, New York photographer guy. He just he's famous for on camera flash. It's really uh, garish. Oh, I talk about him all the time. Mental blank. Anyway. Someone in the chat room will know it. He shoots tons of nudes and explicit erotic stuff and even of himself, and he's still shooting for Vogue and stuff. And I recently was checking out the Irving Penn exhibit, and you know, he was a Vogue photographer for 50 years, back into like the 60s and 70s, and he was shooting nudes. So it's you just can't generalize it like that. You just need to be considerate of your clients, I suppose. Des Chu. A lot of commentators are passing their opinions on the future of Nikon and most are forecasting doom and gloom, encouraging people to change systems, e.g. every episode by Sharky James. Do you agree that such opinions are worse for Nikon, driving them into the grounds and in the long term terrible for the industry? Okay, so this is more of a, an opinion piece of Des rather than a question for me. Um, well, I'm not going to comment on do I think it's all doom and gloom because I've discussed that in the past. Um, I mean, yes, if you have industry commentators saying the boat's sinking, everybody abandoned ship, then that's only going to make things worse for the company. And I'm pretty sure there is something in the stock market world that is kind of illegal about that. In this case, certainly not. You have to be able to share your opinion. But, and I haven't heard what Sharky's saying that you're saying he says in every episode, so this isn't directed at him. But if anyone's telling you you should stop using Nikon because they're going to go out of business, I think that's ridiculous. I have no fear that my D5 is going to have service and that there's new products coming out in the you know medium at least term, if not long term. So it's more if someone else in the market has a com more compelling you know product out there, then consider that. Andrew D. Amielda. Um, when people ask to see my portfolio, I often refer them to my Instagram accounts. Do you think using Instagram in lieu of an official portfolio is a good idea? It's really going to depend on who your audience is and how your following is and how well curated your collection is and you know what job you're going for. If you're going for a job to help a company with their social media, then directing them to your Instagram totally makes sense. If you're going to try and get a job as a wedding photographer and it's all photos of your coffee and your kids, then no, that's not going to do it. Uh, Christos, do you believe natural disasters are an opportunity for great shots to capture people's sadness and so on, or do you believe this is for TV news and newspapers only? 
So from the last sentence, I assume that means you're not pressed. Um, I think the reason that you're asking this is because some people look down on it. And I think the reason some people would look down on it is using words like an opportunity for great shots. Certainly human interest extends to tragedy and there's been amazing photo essays in trying times, but going in rather, you know, I think the, the way you should go about it is this has happened. I want to document the community's struggle and fight back and overcoming this rather than I'm going to go in and see what opportunities there are to get photos of people being miserable, you know, and certainly if it's some kind of a natural disaster, emergency services and legitimate press have a greater right to be there than someone looking for opportunistic photos. Michelle Smith, why do my lenses not autofocus in AP, TV or P modes? So for non-Canon users, that's aperture, uh, shutter speed or program. Uh, I have no idea, I've never heard of that. If your lens is autofocusing in manual mode, I've never heard of something where it just won't in the other modes. It's probably some really odd little setting like in Fuji's, if you have it in silent shutter, then the flash won't go off because they think you're trying to be discreet. I really haven't seen that though. Um, try some other lenses, that's odd. Dennis Mosley, I think this may be a trick question. Is there an f1.4 wide-angle telephoto prime lens? Hmm. Uh, I don't know, maybe you mistyped, maybe you're a beginner, I don't know, but wide-angle generally means, say, under 35mm, and telephoto usually means like 100 up, roughly. So they're two different things. Uh, yes, there's a load of wide-angle primes that are 1.4, and there's telephoto primes. I mean, 85.14 is common, I can't think of too many others that are a one for longer than 85 mil. Tyler Schill, are you looking for any help right now? Uh, not right right now, but Chris and I have been talking this week about that we might eventually need to get in an extra person to do some. Um, Chris is a great editor, but his real skills and passion lie in filming. And we always hit a bottleneck that we'll do a whole bunch of filming and then come back in and then it's just so much editing to do, we can't really fit in all the editing and keep up with that and get ahead on filming again. So we may need to get some kind of editor in, but someone leaving an Instagram message of, are you looking for help is not the way to go about applying for a job in case you are serious about it. Jay Lippens, would you speak at an event like BNH's Optics event space or something similar? I have spoken with B&H and Adorama, I've spoken at B&H in the past, I've spoken at all kinds of trade shows in the past in Hong Kong and Sydney and Melbourne and China and Korea and all kinds of different places. So yeah, I'm totally open to it. It just depends, am I there and what do they want me to talk about? Um, Mathieu Nurbison, do you have any project in France? I don't have any current clients or work that I, or trips planned to Paris though, or to France at all. Jay Sanchez NYC, that is such a specific, uh, familiar name. I wonder if I choose your questions all the time or something. Any place in particular you won't travel to at all? Is there a specific reason why? I, yes and no. Um, I tend to think I should,
my embassy wouldn't be able to help me if I get myself into trouble, which um, there are some of those places. Um, there's some places in the Middle East that I wouldn't want to go to for those reasons, especially because when I go somewhere, even if I'm not making it public, I'm often doing my client work, doing some YouTube videos and doing, you know, some nude shoots as well. And in countries where that could get me in trouble, I, you know, I'm starting to get smart enough not to do that, starting. Um, in terms of other reasons, I mean, there's just some regimes that I wouldn't want to support. I am actually fascinated by North Korea, but the more I look at it, I just couldn't give money to that government to go there. I just, you can't. Um, I mean, I, I couldn't in good uh, conscience. And there's other countries, again, in the Middle East where I'd feel the same way. Um, and, I mean, other places around the world as well just don't interest me, but that's about it. And I think that was our last question, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what I missed? Our very first thing, which was photo of the week. That was meant to be before the news. Whoopsie! Oh well, so, welcome to photo of the week. I thought we were rushing through this. So thank you to the, I don't know, 30 or more pictures, uh, people who entered pictures. As I said, there was a range of different shots. I've chosen out 10 here that I thought are quite good. Um, first one here from Scott Merketa. Um, I'm assuming it is all shot in camera, but it could be a composite. Um, the, it, the light on her, she's definitely been lit. I, I, the more I look at it, it probably is a composite, but you could do this in camera for sure. Blurred out background. She's uh, got a different color cast to the background, but I think it works reasonably well. They're both at least in the same kind of tones. Um, I personally don't really love the pose. Posing, especially for nudes, is something a lot of people struggle with though. Um, but the shoulder up like that to me, unless you were going for a defensive vulnerable look, that's how it looks to me. Next up from Matthew Nerbison. Oh, is that the same guy who asked about Paris? That looks like a Parisian floor. Um, uh, gorgeous shot. So, you know, the arch back is typically kind of a very sexual or sensual type pose. There were ones like this, but then with people kind of simulating that they were pleasuring themselves, which I excluded. I didn't think that was really the right vibe for this. But she certainly doesn't seem vulnerable, exploited, or uncomfortable, right? And that's the main thing. I like that you've got the line of light so that her face is the brightest part in the shot, followed by her thigh, which doesn't really...
there's no audio for people to see. Uh, you well, that, that's the way we should be on now. But The pre-show checklist that we make sure the Nikon has a fully charged battery. Um, okay, it's still saying there's no sound. Can you go? Are you recording on the Nikon? Yep. All right. And okay. Sorry, folks. I told you that there'd be technical issues. What I what you missed was basically me. Um, giving a plug for check out intimate portraiture and blah, 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 whilst Chris fixed the, well, it wasn't a technical issue, it was a flat battery. In the Nikon, not the Sony, just so you know. Okay, next picture from Matthew Richards. Now, underwater shots are hard. I've taken some, I've taken nudes underwater as well, they're really hard. Adding the fabric adds a nice urethral element and I think it probably to be honest, makes the job easy because it gives it a really wistful look straight off the bat. I don't know that the pose is really working for me, but again, as I said, it's really hard. So I think considering how difficult this kind of thing is and it, there's not a lot of natural light in the shot, um, I think you did reasonably well. Here from Rudiger, I probably should have started this segment again with a reminder that it's not suitable for work, but anyway, you got one at the top. Um, this, she actually reminds me a lot of a model Bianca that I shot in um, in Brisbane one time. I wonder if it is her. Um, overall, I think it's nice. I think the pose works. The smile is lovely. It's not too revealing. It's you know it's not Facebook friendly. Not that that should be the judge of anything. Um, but this is the kind of shot that I mean it could be shot in studio or on location. After all, a studio is just any place that you have full control over the light. Um, and this is the kind of shot that can be great for starting a shoot with a less experienced model to build up their confidence and get the rapport going and get the atmosphere right on set before you go into more challenging poses. And overall, I think it's just a pretty shot. Uh, this one from Musashi Sakazaki. Again, similar kind of thing. Now, shots like this where you're able to still uh, keep underwear on and it's not intrusive can be really handy, especially for implied type shoots. Um, you know, this really draws attention to the fact of that she has underwear on and what kind it is, which, you know, for some people could be alluring. Sorry guys, haven't even seen the chats come in yet, but now we had another Uh, lucky I'm meeting a friend for drinks after this. Um, yes, I don't know when it crashed, but I was just saying, if you're going for the full body edge light, which I think is really working nicely on this shot, then the underwear does slightly ruin the line, but I think it it works just fine. Just, you kind of lose her at, the, at her hips and then the feet as well. You're kind of getting there, but you could probably just crop that out because you're just seeing these faint toes in there that doesn't really add much. Next from Torben Shai, I don't know how to say your name. Uh, this is the one that Chris described as the dancer, but I think she's actually laying on a bed covered in black sheets. Now, for me, and this is a personal style thing, I won't hold this against you or judge you down for it, but for me, I think the, the skin is just over-edited. I prefer to not do that. 
Um, if you're trying to give her six foot long legs, then this is the perfect vantage point for it. And it's a shot that a lot of models will love. I personally think going further up her body so then you get her more accurately in proportion is going to work better. You also have all of the balance of light between her butt and her face, not very much on her leg. And that posing, whilst I have a fair idea of why you've posed it that way, you're kind of blocking her whole neck and shoulders with the breasts. I don't know that that's, I mean, it, it, it's a look, but uh, I don't want to say it's the wrong one, but you know, if that's what you and the model were going for, then great. Otherwise, try some variations on it. Um, you might find that her moving her arm will give a more natural line to her breasts rather than having them so pumped up. This one from Rusty Brown. Nice to see you, Rusty. Rusty, I actually met him in New York a couple of years ago. Um, so, big light source, looks like it's shot in a, a hotel or something. There's something off, I, to be honest, for a photo comp, for online and sharing your photos, watermarking is fine. For me, I think in this shot, in this kind of a forum, it's kind of overbearing. It's quite huge and takes up a lot of the empty space, which would be good to help balance the frame out. And the composition just seems a little off. I think it could be that mainly that you've got the feet cropped in an awkward way. Maybe even just bringing it in so that the shot just goes to her butt or halfway through her butt. It's a really intentional crop then and it wouldn't feel, to me it just looks a little bit haphazard the way that the right of the frame has been composed. That's uh, not, you know, pointing directly at you Rusty, but that's something you often find with nude portraiture and to an extent, the shot before that of the woman on the bed, that all of the attention gets put on the breasts or the bum or, you know, the nudity rather than the overall shot. This is a shot of a woman and you've got her breasts lit really well, her face lit okay, her body kind of in the shadow. Same on the last shot, the body was mostly lit. The whole shot, the whole framing, her whole body is all important. So you need to think about how you're gonna light and pose the whole thing. Next one from Jim Setzer. I think I saw you in the chat, hi Jim. Um, this, I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, as a guy whose theme is get your gear out and he's a nude photographer, omonyms aren't lost on me but this is quite a candy bowl that you've created here. Um, for me, of all of them, this has, so far at least, the most carefully crafted lighting setup, most effective lighting setup. It actually is Facebook friendly. Uh, it's evocative, it's well framed. I think it's a really good shot. We've got two more to look at, but I think that's a front runner at the moment. Here's another great one from Eric Nope. Um, again, I think the plant is pretty much, maybe not, uh, uh, covering her nipple. The, one of the scariest things you can possibly see online is a woman's nipple, if you didn't know that. Men's are fine, women are, oh my goodness. Um, well, nothing is as scary or terrifying as seeing a male's penis. That will just have people losing their minds and losing their jobs if that got out. But, you know, the setting sun behind her, the overall frame is beautiful. I do think you could come in a little. The tree on the left it could be a bit less and a fair bit on the right. I really like her position in the frame. Overall, if you did bring it in a little, I think you could put her slightly more to the left. But uh, yeah, I think it's uh, the colors are all great. It's uh, nicely balanced. It's a flattering pose. 
working out the way to pose someone, especially this kind of a shot where you're seeing a whole body on rock. As soon as anyone, even the skinniest person sits, the bum pushes down and spreads out and it can you know, lose their line. You don't even have to lift up like two or three inches like she's here just, so the butt's just touching will often give a much more flattering line through the body. So here, hopefully it's not a pose you made her hold for 10 minutes as you got the shot, but up for five seconds, get the shot, and then back to resting, it results in a great shot. And lucky last from Alex West, Yay, someone submitted a man. It's a brave thing to do in photography forums that are mostly male audiences. It kind of disgusts me and shocks me and saddens me that you can share all of this stuff. Occasionally, you'll get in trouble with social media if you're sharing too much nudity or whatever of women. But then if it's hugely eroticized but not nude, that's okay. And then a topless man, for me, usually gets flagged really quickly as inappropriate <laughs> material. It just, it's bizarre. Uh, but I guess on the flip side, we can show his nipples without having our account deleted. So there you go. Thank you for submitting one, Alex. Overall, I think this has a, what's the word? It's got a kind of a cinematic feel to it. I think it's maybe a little bit too cool, but you know, they're in the woods. It's focused on his face, he's kind of, it's very emotive. You've just got the hand there, maybe it's him and his lover out in the park or something like that. I think it's a really quite an effective shot and it feels to me like part of a series or a frame from a, a movie even, which for me, that's quite a compliment. So let me just review the 10 now and choose out my winner. I believe during the outage we, um, we didn't get to see the water one, so I'm gonna put that overlay. Oh, okay. Um, I thought I waited. Okay, so don't know if you guys saw this or not, but um, you may not have seen the shot of the woman in the water from Matthew Richards. I do want to give my feedback to you uh, in case we missed it. Shooting underwater is difficult. I think the fabric was a great idea. It's a tricky shot. I'm not sure about the pose, but considering how hard that kind of a thing is, and I've tried it myself, I thought it was worth a mention. So now, let me see. Now I'm gonna give two, two prizes. Um, and I'll give you both the choice if you want intimate portraiture, my seven real life photo shoots, or if you want to get say, uh, Educating Tina, my director's cut, or my business of photography course, because I'm choosing two great intimate portrait shots. So you may feel that you don't need the course. If you feel like it would be a benefit, you can choose that one, we'll get in touch anyway. But Matthew Nervison, the woman laying on what I am totally guessing is a Prisian floor. And then the shot I am Setzer of the candy bowl. Both great shots. So, whew, we got there. Forgot a couple of things, but we got there. Uh, we're almost at the end now, folks, so I've got Tog of the Week and then just a little wrap-up. Should mention my friends Tony and Chelsea Northrup, they do their show at 5 p.m., so in 20 minutes, so you can click through and see them there and make sure you tell them I sent you and say hi. Um, our Tog of the Week this week is Cesar Torres from Viana del Castelo in Portugal, one of my favorite countries to travel to, and I can't wait to go back and explore some more. 
Um, his site is cesartoresphotography.com and he's shooting landscape, wildlife and macro, some really beautiful shots and I quite like the animation on the site. Uh, Chris and I have been up to our necks in animation over the last two weeks working on another project so um, I kind of can appreciate that that flows really nicely. Um, I think that is pretty much it. If you would like to get involved for our show in two weeks, jump over to macgranger.com forward slash toglife. You can enter your self as tog of the week. You can enter your shots for our reflections competition. And I'm pretty sure we're going to have a great sponsored prize for the following one, but tune in to find out what it is. And then on social media, if you look out for the Ask Me Anything or the Ask Matt graphic, the black and white one, that's me shooting on the dunes in Mongolia then you can submit your questions there. I submit them I, every time I get angry people saying, I ask questions and you didn't answer them. I don't answer them live on the social media. We save them and then show them here. So thanks folks, as I said, please do stay tuned. Do ring the bell on the notifications to get updates on what's coming in the future because some of the best content we're releasing for the year or for the history of the channel